Welcome to the Oscar Sarsosa podcast, the place where good news, media, and music collide with a different perspective. Today, I want to continue part two of a series, and um, and and it's it's a good series in the in the in the aspect of its name. I know who I am. I know who I am, and we're talking about your spiritual standing as a believer, to understand who I am in God and who I am in Christ. See, many of us, when we ask ourselves, why do I come to church? I mean, have you ever asked yourself, why do I come to church? Do I have to come to church? Does it really make a difference if I come to church? Does it matter how much I read the Bible, if I read one minute, if I read five minutes, or I spend an hour in a day? What is it that really makes me a Christian? Does it make me, because I come to church, a Christian? Or does it make me a son of God just because I'm his son? See, like, my, my son is here today and my daughter. They're my children. And they look like me. They look like my wife also. And there is no denying that they're my kids. Their mannerisms, the things that they do. They don't have to do anything to prove to anyone that they're my son and my daughter. They just are. Even when they misbehave, even when they don't do everything that maybe, you know, you think should be according to what a parent thinks, they're still my children. I don't get upset with them. I don't punish them. If anything, I get a little, you know, disappointed because, you know, you want to see them act a certain way. They're very young. God is the same way with all of us. No matter where you're at in life, no matter what you're doing in life, God sees every single one of you guys the same way. He loves you. That's it. He loves you. Whether in the eyes of another person, in my eyes, which I never do, but somebody else thinks because you live a certain way or you do a certain thing that you're not a son and a daughter. Everybody is a son and daughter of God. Everyone's sins have been forgiven. Everyone's. Even the ones that you so-call, quote-unquote, are sinning, God has already forgiven them. And in this series, we're talking about who we are in God and what is our place, what is our, our standing. And last week, we talked about the state of my existence, which we reviewed the word righteousness. We talked about what is righteousness, and if you didn't, weren't here, I encourage you to ask for that CD, for that message, and we'll get it to you so you can listen to it. And we went in scripture and read what is righteousness. Righteousness is to be righteous. What is righteous? Righteous is something that came from something that didn't exist to something that now you are because of someone else. In other words, we're righteous because... God is righteous. We're not righteous because of the acts that we do or the things that we do. Isn't it true, guys, that in life, friendships, in family, it always seems, and, and I want to see this with a raise of hands, do you ever feel, this is a question, do you ever feel that you always, that it seems like every relationship that you have, it seems like you're trying to prove or trying to prove yourself to them that you are worthy of something? Do you feel that way in school, with your friends, even sometimes with your parents? 
we feel like every every step that I take, every move that I make, every every you know tweet that I send, every post that I do, you know, is it's not like a song, huh? you know, you know, everything that I do is like your concern. What will people think? That's why today we're so social media driven, and we need affirmation. I talked this about last week, and none of nobody can deny. Because you would be lying to me, in my opinion, if everything that you put, you want somebody to like it, or you want somebody to comment on it, or you want somebody to share it, or you want somebody to just, I mean, even me, I admit it, I even like negative comments. Those are my favorite. Because when everybody just likes your stuff, you really just stop doing anything. But when people start disliking the things that you say, and I'm not saying to make enemies, and don't approve of everything you say, that means that you're developing a brand, a system, or you're just what? Being who you are. And in today's society, it just seems that way. We're the type of people, you know, oh, what, what's so-and-so going to think? So-and-so is going to say. Even your own brothers and your sisters and even your parents. A lot of us feel apart from our parents and our family because we feel, you know, nobody raise your hand, nobody testify on this. If the other sister or the other brother is viewed as smarter, as ta more talented, as faster and all this, and you feel like, well, yeah, but it's not fair. You look at him like this or you look at her like that and you don't look at me. What does it matter? You're my daughter. You're my son. But because of the way society is, we're always measuring up in everything. We're always measuring up. See, now, that's the great thing about God and being in the family of God is when you're righteous, you're just righteous. You're awesome. That's why I always tell people, man, you're awesome. And they're like, they think like, wow, oh, does he mean that? I mean it. You're awesome because you're a son and a daughter of God. And if I think that he's awesome, then I think you're awesome too because he made you. And if I think that he's beautiful, then I think that you're beautiful too because he made you. And if God is righteous, then you're righteous also. So that's what we talked about last week. But this week, I want to talk about, there's, there's three words, remember? Righteousness, sanctification, and justification. Those are some big words, huh? But we gave the definition of righteousness last week. This week, we're going to talk about sanctification. This is the scary one. This is the one that, why churches are not full. This is the one that keeps people out of church. It's this one, sanctification. They think they know what it means, but they really don't understand it. We're going to break that down tonight, and we're going to just talk about it. What is sanctification? I actually have the definition here of the word sanctification. Let me read it to you. Sanctification comes from the Greek word hagiosmos, which means to sanctify separation unto God, a spiritual work performed by God upon the individual, a spiritual state unattainable to without the action of God. Notice some key words there that it says, unattainable without the action of God. See, we tell me if you've ever heard this especially you guys that have been in church for a while, grew up in church, you need to sanctify yourself. You know, you need to stop thinking those thoughts. You need to stop watching those movies or reading those posts or 
are looking at those pictures because without holiness, you can never please God. <laughs> you know, that's what they'll tell you. Maybe your own parents sometimes tell you, if you don't do things right, life's not going to be good to you. Decisions, decisions. Every decision you make has a consequence. Or they'll tell you things like, there's such a thing called karma in life. And what you do to others will eventually will come around to you. Or things like, if you don't measure up, if you don't get your college degree, if you don't go to school, if you don't do this, you need to go to work. Because they'll tell you things like, because I got to get up every day and go to work. Because if I don't work, you don't eat. You know, all these different types of things. Maybe these are things I heard. I don't know. Maybe things I read. Who knows? But the point is, humanity lives that way. Everything is a give and take thing. It's a, you pay for it, nothing's free, right? Everybody's like, nothing's free. When they tell you something's free, you're skeptical about it. When they tell you on Facebook or Twitter, click here for a free iPad or something like that, you're like, well, most, some of you used to click on it because you would share it with me. I remember until you find out it was viruses and things like that. But humanity and the way we think, even as young people like you guys, is like, no, nah, it can't be true. And it's kind of sad because we develop that kind of mentality in life where we never believe in anything. And that's why most of us, when we hear God loves you, he doesn't care what you've done, he just wants to be your father. You're like, yeah, right. <laughs> that's not how it works. Let me not go to church. You don't, want, you don't want to do like me in your church. You don't know what I do. You don't know what I think. You don't know what I do afterwards. And we try this process of sanctification. We try this process of personal sanctification, which we will talk eventually about, not this time, but personal sanctification. But we think that we can do things to get God's attention and to approve ourselves to God. I grew up a Baptist. I'm a Baptist boy. That's how I grew up. I grew up in a church where they don't clap. There is no drum set. And you got to look Christian. You know what I'm saying? So most of you can't go to that church. Because <laughs> they'll look at y'all and be like, mm-hmm. Yeah, she in sin. I could tell. Look at them shoes she's wearing. You know, things like that. And that's cool, you know, and that, that's their way of belief. But what does the Bible say? See, they'll tell you things like, to please God, you have to be holy. Really, where does it say that? But that's what they teach you. See, to see God's will be done in your life, you need to be obedient and to understand all his statutes and all his lessons. Remember what Joshua 1.8 says, if you do what he says, then you will have good success. So if you don't do what he says, then you'll have defeat. And the Bible does say that, but it says it under another covenant. And that's what we're going to kind of dig a little deep tonight. We're just going to go on the top, the scratch, of the surface of what real sanctification is. I'm going to show you something, and we're going to do a little, little history stuff. But I want you to go to the book of Exodus. And remember, guys, I want to use the, the Amplified version. Exodus 19.10. I'm going to read to you three verses that are going to talk about Water, blood, and oil. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. Exodus 19, verse 10 is the first one. This is the Old Testament, the Old Covenant. This is the law that Moses, that was given to Moses for God's people. 
Okay? And in Exodus 19.10, we'll, we'll give it a chance so we, got, we can get to there. But in these three scriptures that I'm going to read to explain to you guys, it's, it's, this is what we used to do in the natural before Jesus Christ came. Because you guys know, remember what is a Christian series? We were all sinners because of Adam's race or Adam's nature that then carried to us. We had no choice, but we were all born in sin. We were married to sin because it was just our nature. God gave them the law so that if they fulfilled the law, then they could be what? Accepted unto God. This is the Old Testament though. Look. Verse 10 says, and the Lord said to Moses, go and sanctify the people. There goes that word, sanctify. Set them apart for God. That's, there goes the definition of sanctification. Today and tomorrow, and let them wash their clothes. You imagine if I did that to you today and age, and I say, Isaac, if you want to come and to fulfill a youth ministry, I need to wash your clothes before you come in. And literally, every time before they go to the, pre you know, and you can study that more, but into the presence of God, which you guys were just in the presence, are in the presence of God, you have to wash your clothes. It's a little crazy. But anyways, let's go to Leviticus 8.15. Leviticus 8.15. This is another part, the second verse, of a part of the law that we were supposed to fulfill. It says, Moses killed it. And took the blood and put it on the horns of the altar round about with his finger and poured the blood at the base of the altar and purified and consecrated the altar to make an atonement for it. So we mentioned the water, first verse. Now we mentioned the blood. So imagine if I told you, Isaac, I'm going to pick on you. If you want to come into the presence of God, you need to kill a bull and put the blood on its horn and pour it around this altar up here and now you are sanctified to come. Most of you would be leaving running that, from that church. You'd be scared, you know, be killing animals. But let me make a point. Now go to verse, I believe it's verse 30. Yeah, in the same chapter, verse 30, Leviticus 8.30. And now we're going to talk about the oil. So we got the water, we got the blood, and now verse 30, we got the oil. And Moses took some of the anointing oil and some of the blood which was on the altar and sprinkled it on Aaron and his garments. Imagine I had that service. What do you think, Kathy? Kathy, come before me, my child, and I will sprinkle some blood and oil on you so you may be sanctified. You guys, are, then you really leave the church, you know, and won't talk to Kathy because, you know, she'll be smelling a little weird. But it says, he sprinkled it on Aaron and his garments and upon his sons and their garments. So then, now I'm only going to put it on you, but I'm going to put it on the rest of your family too and your friends. I'm going to put it on Jonathan, you know. It came with last, I'm going to throw it on him too. And it, Moses consecrated Aaron and his garments and his sons and his sons' garments. So we got the water, we got the blood, and we got the oil. See, some of you are laughing, and you find that kind of humorous, ridiculous, and a little strange, to be honest with you. <laughs> but why don't we do that anymore these days? 
because something happened. That's the funny thing about law preachers, and, and that's when I get them. That's when they don't want to see me. That's when they don't come back to church. That's when they unfollow me on Twitter and unfriend me on Facebook. Is when I tell them something like that, and I tell them, so my brother, if, if I have to live under the law in the Old Testament, then where is the water, the blood, and the oil? What are you talking about? I said, you don't read the Bible, do you? You only know those scriptures and little ones that you find on Bible Gateway, Twitter account, or Bible, follow me every day, Twitter account, the easy ones. But you don't know those, see, because they don't, they don't tweet those. They don't tweet those. Those are scary verses. See, but if, if you do one part of the law, the Apostle Paul said, then you got to become bound to it all. So if you do one thing in the law, then you must do all of it. I need to see some blood. I want to see them pour some blood on that altar. They won't do that. They'll call the cops on you real quick. <laughs> see, because sanctification doesn't come through your actions. See, in the Old Testament, it did. But now that you're under grace, and now that you're a son and a daughter of God, and now everyone has access. Yeah, even the sinner has access to God. Sin doesn't keep you away from God. Your rejection of his love is what separates you. I'm going to say that again. Sin doesn't keep you away from God. It's your rejection of his love. Why did I read these verses, these creepy verses? They're kind of creepy, to be honest with you, where these guys, Moses and Aaron and all these dudes, are killing bulls, pouring, washing people's clothes, and throwing oil on each other. For what? To be separated unto God. That's what that is. That's what sanctification is. I got news for you guys tonight. Every single one of you is sanctified. Every single one of you is already separated unto God without those actions. Why? Because now, and this is a quick review, the reason why we don't sacrifice animals and we don't pour water on each other or anoint walls or anoint things with oil, that's not for today, is because Jesus Christ, the ultimate lamb, the lamb of God came and his blood was what? Burst and shed out for you. There was water that flowed out from his side. And if you don't know, the oil in the New Testament is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit came upon him. He fulfilled what they used to try to do in human efforts. Now you have. You're sanctified. You're set apart for God. If you would like to learn more about this podcast, visit us at www.oncealiens.com. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast on iTunes, YouTube, or SoundCloud. This podcast has been brought to you by Once Aliens. We're never done. We're always believing. We're always creating. We get better every day.